good morning from the garden in San Marcos. What a lovely morning it's been. And just came back from Haibelito, a very interesting community here in Guatemala on Lake Atitlan. And myself and my partner got brought on a little journey around Haibelito from our friend Sebastian Vasque, who is our guest on the podcast for this episode. And what an interesting, amazing, amazing, present, heart-filled experience. He showed us around the community and let us know about the different ideas and intentions he has and what the local people have for this community. I'm not going to have any opinions right now because I have no thoughts. I was just very present for the whole experience and it was beautiful to have Sebastian to show us around and it made me more ready to share this intro to this um, episode that we recorded actually in the yoga forest about a week or two ago and we explored the underworld what he sees as the underworld, Mayan culture as he's um, grew up in America, yet his parents are from Guatemala. And we explore darkness and light, the ego, awakenings, what is family to him. And I really feel like we've tapped in a lot to the integration of culture, indoctrination. We talked about control and slavery. And on the other side, incepting and flipping the script. Um, we also explore neo-colonialism, first world, third world. And I've linked um, the Music and Art District proposal for Haibelito in the description. So if you're interesting, in, interested in Sebastian's project, have a look at the proposal and see what you think and feel. Um... I'm nearly sure there's contact details to contact him on there. Um, if there isn't, feel free to email me on spinfrequencygeo at gmail.com with any questions or to connect if you want to get connected to um, Sebastian in connection to this project. Yeah, that's all I have to say for now. I'm very grateful. And a reminder, if you enjoy this information these conversations please support spin frequency on patreon i'll put a link to it in the description um five euro a month ten euro a month one-off payment to support the portal is there enjoy this beautiful intimate vulnerable episode conversation making friends with sebastian vasquez Darkness and the Underworld. Enjoy. We're going to delve into the realm of the Underworld. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the topic description. Um, but let's tangent in whatever direction. There's no rules. Um, okay. We'll just have it as a bit of a focal point. 
Is there any area that you are curious about that you would like to start with? Or? But let's start really simple. What's your name? Uh, <laughs> happy to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Sebastian. I am a visual artist working under the pseudonym Seabass. Um, the underworld actually taps a lot into the work I channel through my artistic endeavors and it's helped me understand a lot about myself and spirituality and the world around me and those I love. Um, throughout civilizations the underworld has had a negative perspective and um, connotation for the most part. People are afraid of it. People like it's bad in reality it's balancing force it's uh, the core it's where everything is the place we're at right now lake atitlan in a way it's connected to the heart of the earth they call this place el corazón del mundo in spanish because the uh, depth of the lake is approximately 5,000 meters and we are actually living in a crater that used to be way bigger and the three volcanoes are, are a result of a massive explosion that took place and all that lava is coming directly from the center of the earth hence the magnetic pull that most people that um, experience the energy here come for because it's bringing us closer to where all the power is stored and in religious scriptures like catholicism uh, or the bible um, we are taught to be afraid of god and that we should obey his will at any cost um, and Lucifer being portrayed as a traitor as a vile person um, he just disagreed with some of the restrictions that God's plan had um, he felt like he was serving something of a hierarchy and it's no coincidence that a lot of freedom movements throughout history are correlated to the devil because many times it's red versus blue um, capitalism versus communism um, they all come from the same they add these connotations to create an image of what spirituality looks like and I only started realizing my connection to the lower world, as they call it in traditional Western shamanic um, scriptures, or the underworld, 
um, when I started studying my Nawal, um, the Nawals are totems for each stage of creation according to the Cosmovision written by the Maya thousands of years ago. Um, each Nawal belongs to a house. There's four houses in total that keep harmonic balance through the universe. And the first house is the center of the earth, where my Nawal is at, Shivalba, which is um, Mayan underworld. Then you have earth, you have the sky, and you have the cosmos. Um, each of these houses has five Nawals. So all of us, depending on the day we were born, we embody the energy of that day and the tonal number. Um, mine is Kat, which is the seed. You know, the seed grows under the ground. Um, it's also the spider. It weaves in the shadows, but it grows regardless. And it starts with the seed and becomes a tree. But it has to go through the soil. And there can't be yin without the yang. It's not saying that darkness is bad. It's just a natural part of existence. I don't know a single person that has experienced life without a moment or two of great trial, whatever the intensity of the experience was. And like most of us prevail because it's in those moments when we really see the light really ask for the messages when we're not looking for the experience, spiritual experience we're, when we realize that the spiritual experience is happening as we're looking for it spiritual experience is everything the messages are there I feel like our own desires and our own ideals and our own wishes of what it should be prevents us from seeing what is and what is tends to be what we need, not what our, our ego wants. And how was the ego seen in um, your um, experiences or in the traditions you follow? The ego? Yeah. How do you see the ego? When I had my um, spiritual awakening in 2017, um, I realized that the ego can hold you from living in unity with yourself and with others, but it's also a part of who you are. There needs to be a balance with it. Ego death experiences are very beneficial because they bring us, bring us back to just being honest and relating to each other. But 
it's also especially when you're trying to have a voice it's good to not ignore it just have it balanced um, don't think it's healthy to get in your head in it, but I also don't think that it's healthy to forget who you are either. Have you got brothers and sisters? I do, yeah. My younger brother, uh, his name is Santiago. He lives in the US. Um, he's a very cool dude. He is about to graduate high school. He found a calling to do creative writing. He's really good at it. He's an amazing poet. He writes some pretty awesome short stories. And I'm really excited to see where his journey is going to take them, take it, him. I think it's going to be a very bright future for my brother, and I am proud of him. And I'm excited to see what happens in his journey. He's gone through a lot at a very young age. Also experienced a lot of difficult things. And yeah, I've seen it being transmuted into his writing and it's very empowering to witness I love him very much why why did you ask about my brother well this podcast is about making friends so okay. um it's I was really, just curious it's really important to I know the whatever about the ego or whatever but there's some ground level just getting to know each other cool um that I feel is crucial to having a grounded connection. I appreciate that. Yeah. Most people ask me spiritual questions all the time, and no one really asked me if I have brothers or sisters a lot. And it made me really happy to think about him and bring him into the space. And have you any sisters? No, sisters, no. So just you and him? Yeah. Wow. Um, there were supposed to be three more. But uh, my mother had three miscarriages, and we're the only two that made it. So we were very close. Six years younger than me. There were two in between him and I. I was really looking forward to meet, and didn't get the chance to. And there was one afterwards. So I guess Soar's wanted us to be here. did get a chance to reconnect with my family not too long ago. It's very beautiful. In Guatemala or like the US? No, they're they're in the States. In the States. Yeah. I recently have been talking my dad through his own personal spiritual awakening after having a near death experience in which he describes his body separating from his soul three times 
And in those three times, he saw different parts of what's out there. He realized that there was a lot that he needed to make right. That there was a lot that he had done wrong. And he brought himself back to write the things that went wrong. And yesterday I spoke to him over breakfast with my friend on the phone. And hearing him talk was really amazing because he's so conscious now. He's like, he has a corporate job and he has built an entire life around that but it's really beautiful to see that he's realized what's beyond even at the age he has and I feel like it's a little part of the grander consciousness expansion that's happening right now so it's really interesting how you mentioned your dad having a corporate job and experiencing an awakening where he's bringing in um, harmonic support to you where he's speaking your language and um, the yoga forest that we're in right now um, in this amazing room which is called the superior room and sometimes this is what it takes to bring someone like your dad or another person that's in America away from their life and to come to the forest and to be here at Lake At Atitlan and experience this peace and this connection to the forest. Mm -hmm. And when, when I hear this, it reminds me of the importance of places like this, because this is kind of like a bridge for people to come to a, a place that's attractive and comfortable and cozy, yet 90% of the cabanas here have no electricity and the lights are out at 7.30, so people are back to their cabana to listen to the crickets and the birds and the nighttime, the dark, with their candle. Or they can take the big walk down the forest and back up again if they want to experience some life down the town. But it reminds me of the importance of the, this, this space that is known as a sacred site and a sacred Mayan site because it's got the tree worlds all along its cliff. You've got the meta view at the top. You've got the Mayan cave in the middle, the middle world, and at the very bottom, the underworld, that Papa Pedro... I think Papa Pedro was his name. He's Tata. The Tata, excuse me. Yeah. Who died uh, two months ago, six Around weeks. The time, yeah. Um, he was the shaman of that area, as far as I'm aware. Um, again, I'm probably speaking out of context. I don't know much about this. I'm only speaking a little bit about it. Um. So, I for me, I see both sides of the coin with that. I see Americans coming in, and Irish people coming in. Me, in a way, you. Mm -hmm. You're Guatemalan, but you're also have spent a lot of your life in America. So you've mm -hmm. had a lot of indoctrination and a lot of um, reprogramming mm -hmm. to, to that society as I, as I have had in Ireland. Um, so on one side, we're coming here and I speak for myself and I'm, I'm bringing my needs here or my, my needs that I have developed. And the people here just create what we need. It just feels like whatever the next person comes from their country comes with, you can ask some local and they will make it for them. That that kind of creativity is available here to create whatever is needed for that cultivation of creativity. And on one side of that, it's becoming more civilized and civilized and civilized. 
Yeah. So history is replaying itself, the same loop. In that perspective, and I get caught there sometimes, and I get lost, and I'm like, fuck this, what am I doing? I'm tricking myself. I'm here wearing some fucking king costume up high in the forest, and I'm replaying the same cycle of the same entropy of slaves and um, indoctrination and control. Like, if I look from some eye, I, l- I look at the ladies in the kitchen and the lads in the garden, and I'm like, are they just not slaves? Is this not the same thing again? Am, am, am I now the the lord of entropy? Is that what I've become? Just one second. And and I sit with it. I go through moments of that and I sit and I can... I, that that, that reality is actually there. It's like a consensus reality of the replay. Yet when I'm really, really, really deep in my heart and I'm really, really present... It feels like there's a form of inception at play. There's a, a form of a flip. That on, on one level, if someone wants to look at, for example, the yoga forest or San Marcos in general, they're like, a lot of fucking white people bringing their ideas here and they're just bringing the third world to the first world again. They're buying the land while they get a chance. As we see it, more and more houses are being filled upon this mountain. But on a whole other viewer seeing just something else happening and just something else coming together and being remembered. And that's the part of me that that's staying here and continuing to ground myself and to share and connect and to share nature with people. So when Americans, for example, come here for a 14 day retreat, they spend their two, three thousand on their experience and they pay me $50 an hour to bring them into nature to show them the beauty it feels like nature wants these people to see her wants her to open up and for them to open up and realize there's no separation between them and this this land and this nature and there's something amazing happening for me being with people who maybe have never felt nature before like they're like I, I I love the idea of nature. I love how I read in the books this connection of grounding and nature and all these things. And they're like, I've never actually experienced it. I'm living a life of constant distraction. My life is literally even my even when I'm sleeping, I'm thinking. I can't even dream because I'm thinking so much. And to witness people coming here and having a mo- even a minute of flow. A minute of walking where there's no thought and they're literally flowing and they start to see their hand moving and nearly start to see the electromagnetic opening happening. And they actually see that. Once that bell is rang, there's no going back. No, there's not. Once you have that self-cognizance realization, the, the whole bullshit cannot live anymore. No, the veil is shattered, the illusion is broken when once you activate that part of yourself and it's really interesting that you bring up the duality of the uh, so-called neocolonialism that's taking place right now because i am guatemalan but i also have experienced the states so i live in between worlds i've lived in the first world and i've lived in the third world and i don't believe that a lot of people that are coming here look at themselves as conquerors. 
you know, I know that the systems that we are bounded to in the Western world are starting to collapse and people don't want to put their energy into it. So from that side of the perspective, I, I look at it as an opportunity to create an alternative society. It's not bounded by the um, hierarchical forces that only want to benefit themselves. Uh, you mentioned it before as well, how people come here and feel the creative energy and contribute to it and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Throughout history there's been significant creators that are renowned throughout the world that have spent time here and have contributed to this land and it's really really special. I do feel like there's something powerful happening here and these are the tweaks, if you will, that we're polishing for it to be the best it can. And if you could, if you could raise the volume of your voice just a little bit, if it's still natural, if not, just keep it the way okay. it is. Yeah. So, yeah, like I was saying, I believe that this is an exciting time to be here on this lake and to be alive because there's a lot of revolutionary ideas that are coming into mind in the collective conscious of many people that are coming here to, like I said before, create a new way of living not bounded by the hierarchical forces. And for me, that's really empowering and beautiful. Are there things I feel like we're speaking a bit from the head at the moment. It feels like it'd be great if we can bring it down a little bit to the height and a bit down into a bit more okay. groundedness. Um, maybe I can ask you a bit of a question about your reality at the moment, maybe about your art. What, what, what kind of art are you creating at the moment? Are you in a project? Or? I am juggling several projects at the moment, which is something that I usually don't do. I, for the most part, prefer to embark on one at a time and finish it, and then move on to the next one. But in this particular point in my journey, I was just offered too many projects that were just too cool to say no to. And I've been working a little bit here, a little bit there, and hopefully by the time the cycle is completed, I will have a new body of work to show that's multimedia. Um, multi-dimensional. I've been experimenting a lot with different uh, creative expressions as of lately. Uh, I'm primarily a visual artist. I work with film, I work with painting, muralism. Um, I set up underground art experiences. What's that? Well, we just had a very intimate uh, presentation this Friday actually um, in which we brought a type of performance that wasn't showcased at the lake before and it's called Buto it's a Japanese um, theatrical performance and it actually connects to the under realms 
uh, now that we're talking about that topic. Um, the practice consists of cleansing yourself and the people witnessing the show, aka ritual, as inviting the things that you don't want anymore to embody you and then exhuming them in a cathartic movement of the body in unrestrained fashion and it went amazing i'm really happy we got to do it we also had some really really talented um psychedelic rock and progressive rock bands from guatemala city come and visit us for the first time on the lake and create a multi-sensorial experience for a very integrated group of people. There were foreigners, but most of the crowd was indigenous, which I really enjoyed. Uh, a lot of the times uh, there's a division between the entertainment that um, the indigenous people here get to experience and the foreigners but I was happy to see that I had been successfully bridged the gap and everyone was equal enjoying themselves just then the connectiveness of art that's, that's what art is for let's um bring in a bit of imbalance this um because it's very much so like a sharing not an interview so yeah. if you can do your best to like maybe integrate me into this experience cool. of because otherwise i feel like i'm going to get just so full from listening so much and um, i'd love yeah. to be able to be involved as well i appreciate the transparency yeah um okay so how do we move forward a question maybe a question <laughs> to you yeah uh, okay perfect um what would you like to see in the future of Guatemala? What would would inspire you to continue creating here? What do you want to see for the people that have been for thousands of years and those that will be for potentially a thousand more? make a noise out of my mouth and then a flow might start to be shared from my heart to my mouth as I listen to the water flow after all the rains of last night yeah I don't know if I want anything for this question um, and I suppose this also brings me to my awareness of not manifesting for the collective. Um, but yet I am, because in my manifestations for myself and my world, I don't feel that separate from the collective. Yet I also feel I could focus a bit more on just collective intentions, because that's not something that I haven't been doing.
Hmm. I've also come from a space where I've been involved in a lot of projects and a lot of festivals and different experiences and lots of clients and busy, busy. And then I pull myself out of a lot of different projects and spaces and started saying no to a lot of things. I came into a space of protection for a couple of weeks of just like cutting a lot of people and spaces and groups out of my life because I felt like I was overextended. I was, I, I was being overwhelmed by too many things coming out of my heart. It was just like so many people were coming to me um, to co-create and collaborate because I was so open. I feel like I'm back now in a balance after the a lot of purging, a lot of puking, a lot of shitting, <laughs> um, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of not being able to even listen to people or even talk to people. It's just so back now in a pretty balanced space. And it's a great time as well because it's the second wet season, so it's like very quiet around here. So it's a great space to kind of like sit and see Mm-hmm. where I want to move forward into the busier period here in um, mm-hmm. San Marcos as lots of people will be coming mm-hmm. and I'm learning Spanish Aprender Español es muy fácil I'm connecting to the the lads in the garden I'm playing the ladies in the kitchen with a good fun interaction I feel my teacher is a single mom from San Pedro. She comes here every Saturday. Um, she's starting to practice yoga from coming up here. So mm. she's getting to open up into a bit of movement and breath. So my life's very simple at the moment. I have very simple little connections happening that are really impactful. Um, I really like acting upon like that kind of level of like someone's life being transformed just through me learning Spanish from her and her getting to have it come here on a Saturday and experience a more of a yogic environment and for her to see through the veil of maybe downtown local projections of what the yoga forest is and we had a sign uh, graffiti on our gate there two weeks ago saying exploitados ex- is that the word exploiters in Espanol Exploiters in Spanish would be explotadores. Correct. So that was graffiti on the gate. Mm-hmm. So even just her coming up and just getting a feel for the place is such a a bridge for her then to go home and communicate to her family maybe what she experienced instead of this projection of what it what it's supposed to be. Mm. Um. So yeah, my life's very simple. It's a very simple life I'm living right now. Yeah. It's good. Cool. That's yeah. the key sometimes. I feel like um tend to seek the grandiose experiences and life happens as we look for them and if they don't come then we are frustrated and being in a state of um groundedness and simplicity enjoying the um, they're not little things, you know, people say, oh, enjoy the little things in life, and in reality, they're not, you know, they call the present, the present for a reason, because it's a gift, and being a, 
healthy individual with a healthy mind and a healthy body is the gift we're all looking for. And I believe that by living in simplicity, we can be with ourselves and love ourselves as well to their process. Another thing that I'd like to mention, like tomorrow morning at 6am, um, we're having a men's walk from here at the Yoga Forest up to the Meta View. Um, I don't know if the path has been washed away with all the rain in the last few days, but that's just like a little thing again that I, I ran up there during the week and I, I stood up there at that fire circle that has been maintained by different groups of people, men, Mayan groups, including Walter and Isaias, the two shamans downtown, um, maintaining these um, Mayan altars. Um, I personally don't see it as a, a specifically a Mayan spot. It is by what they call it. But for me, it's dirt. You know, it's beyond any culture or belief system or religion. It's the earth. It's it's the planet. It's love. Mm. Um, and for me, being in that frequency of love, that nearly, I I've had this lately. That feeling of such love where fear doesn't exist. That really is, made me feel for the first time what they were on about in the seventies, or not seventies, the late sixties, early seventies. This the the time of the revolution. That feeling that everyone was waking to love, and they're like, how could it be anything else but this? Mm-hmm. having moments of that not moments but like drawn out timeless periods of that pure love happening really allows me to build and live from that space which is really easy and really simple um very easy to give and receive love and to be up there after that run and to really breathe into my heart and straight out I was like I'm having a lot of difficulties with men, men at the moment so what 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 could I do to like heal this connection with men? Because obviously I'm not the only person that's having difficulties with man-on-man connection. It's obviously something that's going on in the world. And then I got the idea. Let's have just have a walk, a hike together as men up, up, up the hill, up to the view up there and see what happens. Not even organize what we're going to do for sunrise. So I mentioned it to my friends Rishi and Ian and they were like, great idea. So... Now on air, I'm going to invite you. Six o'clock in the morning, we're going to be leaving here to go up to the top. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. And any other you. amigos you have um, that you really trust, bring them along. Um, so yeah, just like I say, my life is simple, but there's like a little things like this that are just coming together, and they're not. It's not hard work at all. I feel a big part of this integration for me has been taking out the hard work out of my life, and all of the easy little. That little voice within me that's just those little that for me that's so like love it's like so easy it's less just like it's, and it's more like it's just simple and easy and not so complicated because mm-hmm. I definitely get really complicated yeah and it's actually not that complicated no it's really simple yeah. um and when we speak about the underworld, for me, the underworld has some projections upon it as being demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of entities from outside our solar system 
supposedly mm. existing there. But also underworld being seen as our roots, as as the as family, as their underground network underneath the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, Have that, you ever the mycelium layer? Yeah, exactly. Exactly is the um, the collective conscious engraved in the DNA of nature. You know that's where the plant medicines come from. They grow grow from below, and that's all the collective info that helps us heal and break through and see what's on the other side. Comes from where it all started. And deprogramming is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Uh, it can be very dark at times. But if you push it away, then it will only come back and come back and come back until you. I had the download during the week about, about that because I've been cutting a lot of sword cutting of different like traumatic replays coming into my mind and like creating a movie in my head of this constant replay that takes me out of the present. Mm-hmm. And I've been like journeying with that for like maybe like over a week and I totally forgot about all of my navigation skills. I totally forgot. And to be reminded again of when that, because for anyone listening to this that has to the extreme of PTSD to the traumatic experience of being cheated on or your dad leaving the home or whatever it is when that film movie clip comes onto your mind when something triggers it in your reality reminding yourself you have the ability just to feel it and open your heart to it and actually just submit to it and allow it to run through instead of blocking it and protecting yourself from it, actually see, feeling it and seeing it mm-hmm. and letting it dissipate away back into the ocean again. And every time it comes back, it becomes more and more faint. And you realize there's this movie clip with a little fly behind it, not this big dragon that it's like the movie clip is telling you it is. It's actually this little fucking fly behind it with a big story that's built because every time it comes up, you give it more power, more fear, because you block it. So you mm-hmm. give it more and more tension and fear. And when you realize you can just drop into it and just see it, just look at it. Yeah, It's like when you're lying in bed at nighttime and you might wake up from a bit of a horror and you see a clown in the corner or some some electromagnetic grid of like a, of, of your fear, of some projection that you've probably seen in a movie or you've seen somewhere to give it a, give it a picture. Um, to how to deal with that. Usually we fucking fly into fear and we build it to be stronger and then it starts coming towards you because you're the one actually fill, feeding the fucking beast. You're the beast. Yeah, you are the beast. So by remembering, you can look at it. Yeah. Actually, face it. Look at it. Mm-hmm. Take down the covers. Yeah. Light the candle. Walk towards it. It's like you'll realize that there's actually nothing there but yourself, mm-hmm. and it's so liberating. Yeah. To be a to face that fear, and 
to face that fear and that's what an alchemist is it's the literal ability to face the fear from my opinion and actually transmute it to love i know it's commonly known as being metals going to gold and so on but in another way fear to love is another alchemy mm -hmm. a movement mm -hmm. an elemental movement mm -hmm. yeah it's the um energy that is not apparent at first glance but it has a um, impact on the collective conscious i'd like that you use that term alchemy of love you know you're transmuting the emotions and it made me think about this one time where you know out of fear out of my own paranoia out of my own anxiety i thought that a group of people was bad mouthing me I went up to them and I was like, hey, you know, like, I don't know if this is strange to ask, but I get the vibe that you guys are, like, talking wrongly about me, and I just wanted to confirm if that's the case or not. And they were like, no, you seem like an awesome person. I'm sorry that you felt that way, but... You seem like a beautiful person and happy you came and said hi. And I was like, wow, it's really us. You know, we create our own barriers most of the time because of the things that we haven't healed about ourselves. And we know what those things are. We just a lot of the time choose not to do them because we don't know what's on the other end, but once you take the leap, you're happy you did. You know, once you take the leap of shift into that more conscious being, the way you interact with yourself and the world, and you hold that energy and you hold that state. And like you said before, there's no going back. It's just taking the first couple of leaps that's the toughest part. Because your own programmings. But anyone can do it. Anyone can achieve enlightenment. Anyone can be awoken. If you leap into it. Do you feel your art is um, enlightening for the observer? It's uh, a good question. I create the work that I create because I want to be able to say something about how the collective conscious is making me feel at times. And what I mean by this is I take a socio political topic that we're all experiencing in the moment and I look at it from a spiritual standpoint and I ask myself how is this making me feel um, how would I how are others resonating with it and that's where I get the emotion required to express the feelings of the things that are happening and some people have expressed that Yes, my art has truth in it that has made them reevaluate or 
look at things in a different fashion that has helped them be more conscious. I really didn't think my art meant anything when I started doing um, I kept it to myself a lot of the time actually because it had some pretty controversial imagery and messages and I didn't know if people wanted to see that you know I was just doing it out of therapeutic reasons a purge if you will of things that were floating around in my psyche but then it turns out that I was doing things that the collective was resonating with and it just organically grew from there. People started seeing it. I felt comfortable to start sharing it after I met a, a group of people that gave me that space and it's been organically growing ever since. And every day I see more progress, even though it's a challenging path, I really don't see myself doing anything else. I, I am every day working a little harder to live the life that I love and despite the difficulties I wouldn't do it differently and it's my contribution to everything that's happening. I hope that It helps a person or two feel less alone or feel understood. So I know that when I see someone's art that I resonate with, I feel less alone and more understood. So I look at it as medicine and I'm grateful to be on this path and I'm excited to see where it goes because it always changes your art changes as you change as a person so it's a reflection of your soul your thoughts and your story so so what do you do your artwork is it for people to purchase or view yeah. in a certain place? Or? Yeah, for sure. I've had exhibitions. Um, it is available for sale. I've had some commission pieces. People like to hire me to do murals. Um, I like to create interactive, multi-sensorial art experiences as well. To take it beyond just seeing something. Um, I've worked with some dope organizations to create documentaries as well. Um, if you'd want to dive further into my creative endeavors, you can check out my website or check out my Instagram. What is your website and Instagram names? Um, my Instagram is Sebas. S-E-A underscore V-A-S-S and there should be a link to my website on my bio there. Beautiful. Yeah. Will you send me the, the link to them? Yeah. And I will put them on the description of this episode. Absolutely. That will be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of those. Absolutely. So people can access your 
creativity, if they're inspired, I'm sure they will be from listening to this. Um, Let's close this out with um, how would you advise or maybe share from your own experience a navigation when gripped by fear? Hmm. Well, I always turn back to a figure that you're probably familiar with, uh, which is Terence McKenna. There is a really beautiful poem that he wrote that concludes uh, with nature loving courage. And sometimes, on the, you know, this fits into the topic of the underworld as well. Um, you gotta dive into the abyss to find that it's a feather bed. Dive into the abyss. To realize the feather bed. I like that. Yeah. You've experienced the validation of that statement? Oh, for sure. Multiple times. Soros loves it when we jump into it with faith. You know? It's like, yes, it's what it's about. It's not about living in fear. It's about going beyond. It's about going above. It's about knowing that there is a supernatural force that is taking care of you and it wants you to succeed it's why i put you down fear wants to put you down if there was a song to go with this episode for you beside your title what would it be um to give people a bit of a dingling into your essence that's a good question i do love music a lot um to my essence what kind of like how, how would you like people to feel when they would go to see your name on the podcast list sebastian underworld what song would you like people to how would you like them to feel do you know this australian band called uh, king gizzard and the lizard wizard yeah. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yes, thanks yeah. for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific song? Um, maybe Work This Time. Work This Time. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? I don't. Yeah. Um, I will definitely listen to that and I will um, add that as a link on the description. Thank you. Amazing. I feel like, yeah, that's, that's the one. Perfect. Thank you for your um, space and time and sharing vulnerably. Same goes for you. A great time connecting and sharing with you. It's beautiful that you're doing this. I'm really honored and happy to be here. Thanks for your hospitality and your wisdom and your love. Your journey will be a grand one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
Remind everybody, um, Patreon, support me. It supports me to pay these, um, for these incredible beings to sit here in terms of giving them the grand gesture of yoga and meditation and breakfast. Um, one, one, $1, $5 a month, whatever you feel, or just one payment. Um, I intend on traveling community to community. Tullam in Mexico is one that's on the radar to Thailand, um, different places around the world. And your Patreon support will support me and my partner to travel and keep meeting beings like Sebastian, who are doing incredible, incredible, hearty um, creativity and work. And yeah, I know you're loving this. Um, what would be the word? Information or... Um, this kind of footage so yeah if you feel that heart draw to support please patreon support and also if you have any constructive criticism or any guests that you would like me to um have on the podcast please email me on spinfrequencygeo at gmail.com that's s-p-i-n-f-r-e-q-u-e-n-c-y-g-e-o at gmail.com thank you remember to experience the pause in between breaths and really feel the vibration of your body. It's all easy there. It's all easy here. I love you.